Hey, 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 it's your girl, Miss Eha, coming live from Mobile, Alabama. And baby, I am excited tonight. I have not been here in like three weeks, so I am glad and blessed to be back in the building with DJ Tech over there in the cut. <laughs> Listen, uh, we are here tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking to you about um, not so happy things. We're going to be talking about domestic violence. So I do want to go ahead and throw that trigger warning out there. If you are not comfortable with listening to recounts of um, some pretty brutal domestic violence and I would have you go ahead and skip this episode, but please like comment, follow, share, and let somebody else know so we can be a blessing to them on tonight. Let me go ahead and shoot you a medical disclaimer. I am not your psychiatric provider tonight. So if you're having <laughs> any type of medical or psychiatric emergency, I would defer you to your nearest emergency room or contact your own provider. Okay. So let, who do I have? Oh, yeah, this is my girl over here. We we go way back to like two years ago. But anyway, okay. how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good. I'm great. Thank you. Tell everybody who you are. I am Dorisa Cobb. Um, I am a domestic violence advocate. I have been advocating since approximately 2011, I believe. Okay. And then um, over here to my left. Hi. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice finally. meeting you as well. Go ahead and tell them you who you are and I'll tell you how tell them how you ended up here today. Okay. My name is Devonna Tinsley. I'm a domestic violence advocate. I've been a domestic violence advocate ever since July the fourth, two thousand and fourteen, after my daughter was murdered due to domestic violence. So you reached out to me on Facebook not too long. I believe I was on vacation when okay. you reached out and um, asked if you could come on and speak about domestic, domestic violence with it being Domestic Violence Month. Yes. I believe for the past two years, we have sat down together during during this month um, to shed some light in the community, provide some resources that are available um, out in the community to help those who are suffering with domestic violence. You know, I was thinking today that at some point this month, so if anybody's out there listening or if you know anybody, we have never had a male on here during yes. domestic violence month. We've also never had anyone on here from the LGBTQ community during domestic violence month. So I do want to open, you know, open that invitation up to anybody. I would also I would love to talk to a male who maybe have not been the victim, but maybe have maybe you are the aggressor. Yes. You know, of domestic violence. And, you know, maybe you grew up in a home where there was domestic violence. And so I would love to speak with some of somebody from all of those different areas. So if you know anybody who would be interested, please have them reach out to me at 251-250-1740. Make sure you do it there. Don't message me on, on, the, um, on the live or in my inbox because what happens is when it starts getting shared, then I don't get to see it. Okay. okay? But go ahead. I'm gonna, since you haven't been here before, I'm going to let you go ahead. Tell me, tell me first what your daughter's... Let me see the picture. What's your daughter's name? What was your daughter's name? Her name was Satori Richardson. Yes, ma'am. She was 26 years old. And like I stated earlier, she was murdered by her boyfriend July the 4th, 2014. And I'm glad you stated about the aggressor because 
that's my mission as well, to talk to the attacker, to let them know that it's a no-win situation. Like if you murder someone, your family will be impact as well as the uh, victim's family will be impact. You take a chance of going to prison and it's just a no-win situation. And I just feel like that we can resolve a lot of this violence if we just communicate and if we just let go and, you know, not just want to be in control all the time. Okay. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, about that day? Well, that day, I'll never forget that day. Once again, July the 4th, 2014, around 5 a.m., my dad called. And then he just informed my husband that my daughter had been murdered and the house had been set on fire. My daughter was brutally murdered. Um, she was stabbed 32 times. She was strangled. She was placed in a bathtub to be drowned. And also her attacker, he set the house on fire. And it was just so gruesome to where the detectives didn't even let me see her body. And that's why I hit the ground running. That's why I met Ms. Dorisa. Uh, we, you know, just to advocate, to save someone else's life to have to prevent a mother from going through what the pain that I am yet suffering and going through at this moment. So I just made a vow and just a mission to just do all I can to come back, campaign against domestic violence in, effort, in an effort to prevent it, just a prevention all the way around. So you said you weren't able to see your daughter at, at the scene, like, have, but have you seen, had you seen her anymore? After that, like, did you get to see her before the funeral, at the funeral? Did you have a Well, I didn't see her at the hospital. They called us to the hospital. They had, you know, the ambulance had taken her to the hospital. And the detectives didn't let me see her. They said it was a little, it was too much. But I did get to see her, you know, at the funeral home. And they did a great job due to the fact of all the um, wounds that she had. Yes. And so let's talk to those aggressors out there about how, you know, a little bit more about how that's affected you as a parent. It really has affected me. It's I'm dealing with mental illness at times, depression, anxiety, just all sorts of illness have came about high blood pressure and stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's just been a very, it just really have impacted me in a way that it's undescribable. I mean, and then the heartbreak, the loneliness, you know, I'm, I want to see my daughter. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's, I can't even really put in words. The pain, I wouldn't wish this pain on anyone. It's a pain that is unbearable. It just never goes away. It never goes away. Like I said, it's been nine years and it's just, it seems like yesterday. Did she have any children? She had children. She have children. Um, they were four and six when she passed away. Now they are 14 and 16, and they are dealing with depression, stress, and they just miss their mom daily. They miss their mom. All right, so now let's talk to other family-associated um, victims out there. How are you coping? Like, what things have you done to address your mental health? And coping since then? Well, I had, I tried to do it on my own for a year straight, but I ended up going to Alter Point because I just couldn't do it on my own. Now I'm in therapy. I'm still in therapy, even after nine years. 
And it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to stand, sit here and just tell her story. It's only God that's really keeping me and my family. Anything else? Anybody else you want to speak on? Like you do some help, some work in the community. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, ma'am. I deal with, I work with the Penelope House and I just hit the ground running with them. We go out to the schools, to our community education and teach the kids, you know, because it started at a young age. We're seeing domestic violence in middle school, high school, even elementary school. It's, uh, it has been proven that one out of three teenagers will experience domestic violence before they graduate. So it's just, it's, it's, it's very important that we bring awareness to this. I mean, it's been kept silent for so long, but we just have to really just bring, educate people on the seriousness of it and the impact that it has on families and children and parents. And I've tried to think back recently to you know, whether or not I remember when I was younger, like in middle school, because um, that's probably about the time when we start having boyfriends and yes. girlfriends. If I remembered anybody that was suffering with any domestic violence, and I just don't, you know, as I started to get into high school, like later in high school, yes, but you are absolutely right. Those numbers, as far as the like, domestic violence are increasing, even in, yes. in middle school. Yes, middle school. Uh, so... Are there you have any any suggestions or recommendations like what parents should look for? Is that something you talk about to Penelope House? Yes, I will encourage all parents because my daughter she kept it a secret from me. I would encourage parents to just really pay attention to the signs, isolation, and you know if you see the aggressor, the attacker, or the boyfriend or girlfriend controlling. I mean, it's just signs and red flags that you need to pay attention to. And if your child tell you that they're experiencing it, don't judge them. Show them love because it's, a lot of fear comes with it. And I do believe my daughter, I know she was living in fear. And so they'd be afraid to tell somebody. They'd be embarrassed, you know, and it's just so many things that go with it. But I would encourage parents to pay attention to your children, especially young girls. Pay attention to them now and, you know, just watch for the signs. And Teresa, one of the things that always sticks with me about your story that I'm going to, you know, ask you kind of to get into was how you have said you just wanted somebody to automatically know, you yes. know, I never forget you saying that. Like, I, I just I just expected people to look at me and know me enough to know that it was going on. Go ahead and tell them some about your story. So, which is I agree. My husband reminds me of that that same thing that you're mm -hmm. talking about. And when I was young and I was in a violent relationship and the young man, the young man was 21 and I was 16. So mm -hmm. I thought I was grown anyway, yes. but when he abused me, even though I would make up a lie and I, even though now it doesn't sound as rational as it did then, yes. but I would make up a lie and say that I, I just, the one lie I would just never forget is I was, my, I had a scratch by my eye and my mom said, well, what happened to your eye? I was running through the woods and wow. the tree limb swing back and hit me. Oh and I, she believed it. 
And I thought, you know, okay. And so as time went on, it you you mentioned earlier about being embarrassed. Yes. And the truth is, is that in my case, I'm 16, dating a 21-year-old, thinking I'm grown. So I was embarrassed that, mm-hmm. you know, you oh, you you know how parents would sometimes say, oh, so you think you're grown now, huh? Yes. So I thought I was grown. So I was too embarrassed to say, you're right. Yes. You were right. I, I, I messed up thinking that I was grown. But throughout the time that I was abused, there was I was with this guy for a total of one year. And out of that one year, six months, it was abuse. And I thought to myself, like when there was a there was a few incidents where there was family members, his family members, never mind, but his family members were there. And I remember he did this football tackle and he mm. he rushed me to the ground and he just sat on top and he started beating me. Mm. And I'm thinking all these grown, it's like three or four grown people. I'm a, I'm, I'm still a young child. I'm still 16. I'm thinking like all these people are watching him and not, and, and you know what? Only thing they said was, man, get up, man, get up. Not one, he was a petite guy, but not one of those adults attempted to pull him off of me. I'm a female. He's a male. He's 21. I'm 16, but nobody moved to get him off of me. And I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me when I was going through it, even though I was lying and saying that, oh, nothing's wrong, nothing's happened. It was like, I wanted somebody to know, like I was suffering in silence, like mm-hmm. somebody saved me, somebody get me out of this. And it went on for so long. And it was like a, it was like a, um, over and over again. It was like, you know how they talk about the, the honeymoon Yes. The honeymoon, like he bought me the gifts, he yes, like, bought me yes. my first pair of Levi's, my first pair of Nikes, wow. all these things, and I was poor. So you give the you you got to look at even now, you give a young girl something she's never had. You tell a young girl I love you, and her father was never there to tell her I love you. Nobody else in the family is saying I love you. So this one person, the first person that tells me I love you, he's beating me. So, of course, I'm just like, you go through the motions of, okay, you forgive him. He buy you something else. And I know you you would think that that only happens uh, because of that. But, you know, coming from somebody like, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I've never had a day when I, you know, have been poor or or gone without and haven't been very well off. Um, But I've experienced the same thing, you know. And this is coming from somebody who, if I asked my daddy to buy it, he would go buy it. But just, you know, being so materialistic and just liking things, I have stayed in relationships before. Just, you know, I've stayed in relationships just with the intentions of somebody maybe saying, I'm going to buy you this for your birthday. Oh, well, let me hang out to my birthday then, you know? Right. And so just, I just don't want it to go out there thinking that people that are not, there are people in, you know, who are less fortunate and people who are more than fortunate who all still, for some reason or another, still. You know, right, right, right. I think the same I, way. I agree. That's I agree. true. I mean, I think that like later on, and the bad, the bad part about the experiences that I've had, it's like after this happened when I was young, and I felt traumatized for years, and it wasn't until um, September 
I want to say September of 2011, and how I actually became an advocate. So in in throughout the course of my years, I had three different guys that basically abused me three mm. different times, which made me wonder, is there a sign on my forehead that says, hey, I like to get hit? Like, what in the world? But it wasn't until in 2011, um, I had a cousin that was, he, she was brutally murdered. And it, it was, it wasn't until I went home. Um, I'm from Arkansas. And so when I went home to her memorial, mm. memorial, because there was not a body wow. to have a funeral. Wow. So when I went home to her memorial, like I dreaded, like anytime I went home, it's like a set, it was seven hour drive. But anytime I went home, I dreaded going home. It was like something was hunting me for all those years. And the year that she was murdered, it is no lie, no exaggeration. I felt peace. Mm. I drove home. I felt like it was gone. And it, it doesn't make sense to me, but it actually happened that I was able to go home going forward without feeling haunted every time I went home, but her, but my cousin was murdered by um, this guy that was her boyfriend. She had been in a, he had jumped on her, mm. left her for dead. And during that time, it's very graphic. Um, and I remember it so well, like it was like she was saying about she remember like yesterday, certain things you remember like it was yesterday. And I remember my cousin, uh, they the they wrote an article that he had um, beat her, left her for dead um, and put sticks in her ears to mm. bust her eardrums, mm. blackened out her eyes to where um, she later on had to have she had to have plates in her eyes in order for her to be able to see mm. and put dirt in her mouth in order to leave her for dead. But she somehow survived. Wow. And when she survived, that means now you worried about somebody testifying against you. Mm -hmm. So because she he was worried about that, she went into a shelter, which, you know, the domestic violence shelters are available in, in any city you go in, mm -hmm. you can go, you can, um, 1-800-799-SAFE and you can get in touch with a domestic violence counselor, get you in a shelter or what have you. But she was in a shelter and um, she went back to go to court, was terrified. And I'll never forget the somebody said that um, she was supposed to go to court that day and they said, well, she ain't made it here yet and said that she left um she told her girlfriend, you know, how you had that one person you tell. Mm -hmm. She told her girlfriend, um, I'm going, I'm going to get some money from Mario. Oh, wow. Mario is the person you're going to court that left. You're going to court for him because he left you for dead. And that was the last anyone had oh, heard wow. anything from her. And so, you know. And she actually told someone that she was going to go see him. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So I think, mm. you know, of course, you know, me as the person, like, why didn't some, why didn't they say, well, I'll give you the money? Why, you know how you think about all the things mm -hmm. that you could have said, you could have mm -hmm. did, you would have, and it didn't happen. And so later on, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Long story short, he murdered her, um, oh. put her in a barrel, set the barrel on fire, blah, 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 put, rolled it in the... They finally were able to get him for 25 years for um, the first the first attempted murder. Mm-hmm. I think it was 25 years for the first the attempted murder. And then I want to say it was like 30 years for the murder because they couldn't find a body. They couldn't do the... So from that day forward, it was it was a I felt that that God God put me here for something mm-hmm. like I had, I I went through the experiences of being abused on multiple occasions, but I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I felt like there's something that I'm I'm supposed to do something. I'm not supposed to just keep it to myself and say you know I survived and that's the end of it. But there's somebody out there because I was young when it happened to me first so for me i've always advocated for the young people because Mm -hmm. teaching them about having healthy relationships you know the the knowing the signs of recognizing somebody when just because they if they blow you up on a regular basis and they they're um following your location Mm -hmm. that's not always cute Mm -hmm. you might think it's cute but that's not always cute Right. I think that we don't know red flags or we don't we don't, we don't teach the red flags. And it's like so it's like you got to you have to really teach the young people yes. at an early age on how to have healthy relationships, what what to do in a healthy relationships. And even though I don't worry about how I started, everything I do, I take into consideration. I have a daughter. She's looking yes. at me. I want to teach her how to have a healthy relationship what a healthy relationship is. When you see these things, what do you do? Because I would never want anybody to have to do or deal with what, what, we, what you right, absolutely. Mother, right, never. Absolutely. Never. And so everybody, that that right there, what Dorisa just said is what journey with Trish was. This is why we're here. Yes. Because the shining light that nobody can see serves the world absolutely no purpose. So when you start to go through these things, that's what you have to start thinking of. You have to think is as gruesome or as bad that whatever it is may have been, you got to know that there's somebody out there who has gone through it before and you may be a tool. I, I think I posted the other day, like we have to stop staying silent because you have the power to be a weapon of mass yes, destruction. Definitely. So you got to start speaking out. You got to start figuring out what your purpose is, figuring out why. Okay, God took me through this. For what? For why? I, I truly don't believe that God takes us through things with solely an intention of hurting or harming us. Why? Because he said, behold, I worship of all things that you would prosper and be in good health. So if something happens, use that healing yes. to be a, a light to somebody else. What are we doing? Anybody know what we're doing as far as in school systems and, you know, getting the word out to young girls? You know, because we obviously, you know, we would hope that everybody knows that, you know, we are at home the the first role model, you know, when it comes to setting an example for our children and what a relationship is supposed to look like. Um, But our schools get I don't remember when I was in school having any you know lessons or topics or anybody coming to sex ed or anything to talk to me about domestic violence is it happening it is yeah they are um they've been doing it for a while like she said i think last year she spoke to like twenty six thousand kids so yeah they're they're out there 
That's good. Weekly, daily, uh, spreading the message to, throughout the school system. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the counties, I think it's Clark County. I know it's Mobile County. And I think it's a couple of more counties that Penelope House, they're touching and teaching and educating the kids about um, domestic violence. Yes. And then also at churches. I know our church, uh, the last time we had a, a grief, grief day, um, mm -hmm. like a, a forget what we called it. But anyway, we did that Penelope House and was there. And there's someone else that does it. What is it that's in Robert? The Lighthouse. Yeah. The, the Lighthouse in Robertsdale. They yes. were also out at the church that day, you know, giving our information and they spoke on yes. domestic violence. I would definitely love to see more churches um, having too. these health these health days yes. so that we can reach and educate more on I know we got we listen we preach a, about the word all yes. the time every Sunday but we got to start giving some good guidance as far as daily living right because y'all yeah. tell us all the flesh is weak They're like we're all still flesh and we go through things in the flesh and so you know how do we navigate this world in in the flesh and face all these things without some some education yeah, and yes. issues because it's happening in the churches. It's happening everywhere. I mean, in high churches places. and the police. Yes. You're like police officers. I believe oh, they used works. to have one of the highest yes. percentages of domestic violence. It mm -hmm. does not discriminate. It's mm -hmm. because a lot of it, you know. And I was, I think, I don't know why I was telling my husband the other day, but a lot of times in regards to the police, it's like people are afraid that. Nobody's going to believe them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a lot of times people don't speak out. But, you know, the truth is, is that nobody would ever know if you never tell. So yes. the, the other like one thing I know I'll never get um, learning this was that um, I realized that had I if, if you if you are a person that is um, going through some type of int intimate partner violence. Yes. Male, female, whatever it is. That if you never that you never told anybody, you never took a picture, you never took you no, never called true. the police, you never did anything, and somehow that person attacked you and you reacted and they were no longer alive. Yes. There's no proof that they were abusing you and you could you could go from being the victim to being the person that's in jail. Yes. Mm -hmm. Several so cases. You like you have to like really you have to like it's not saying that you you don't want the person that's abusing you if you're afraid for your life. Um as I stated, you can call the the 1-800 hotline. Mm -hmm. Um they can help you as far as keeping you safe, keeping you protected. And you said that was 1-800 799 safe. Okay. okay. So the other thing is that you have to you have to tell somebody. Yes. You have to do something. And 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 we as people got to stop judging people. Yes. And I think that that's one of the reasons and, and, and we as people that's sorry, one of the I'm reasons the main one come on here. That's one of the reasons why a lot of times people won't say anything because they're afraid of somebody judging them. And I'm like, yes. you have to as a friend realistically you're not going to always agree with what somebody does, but as a friend, you've got to listen. you got to be there, even if you're keeping a record for them yes. so that they don't have, so that the, the person that is abusing them until they're ready to get out, they're not going to get out. But you you have to keep a record so that if anything happens, anything goes left, 
somebody knows something because keeping quiet it doesn't help anybody and also make a way of escape you know you need to have a way of a safe escape because it's been proven that that's the most dangerous time when you try to leave your attacker yes most women are murdered are killed at that time that's the most dangerous time so you need to make a safe escape about your your like escape from that last relationship and how you had this friend um Mm -hmm. who you know you would talk to and she knew what was going on but she knew not to say anything Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. him so Mm -hmm. you would be I would tell her like anything that was going on I would always tell her because if something happened I wanted it to be known what was going on Mm -hmm. but you know you have to trust somebody even if it's you know, whether it's a family member, whether you have to trust somebody, somebody. because. And so talk to people about because 88 percent of the world, probably I'm just throwing a number out there, but 88 percent of the world out there is sitting there thinking, man, I would never man. I would have been gone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, everybody really thinks that the minute it happens, people can just get up That's and so they just true. leave. But it does not happen. So what? Talk about some of the things that keep women from just getting up and walking out. Well, I um, listened to a lady. She had been in a domestic violence relationship for 10 years. She finally left. And she said something so important. It's like they love the person, you know, because they chose that person. So it's love. It's fear. It's embarrassment. It's just uh, finances. I mean, it's all type of things that keep a person, you know, bound like that. And then, like you said, it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Then they'd be brainwashed. I mean, just all type of factors that'll keep a person, you know, being abused. Can yeah. you make a comment yeah. from over here? Yeah. yeah, you can. So on the back of that, I do feel like... We have a guest in the studio today. <laughs> I think a guest Green. in the studio today. <laughs> refuses oh to come God. on camera let me go ahead and address this one comment though Kareem, before i get before i say that let you say that um rita flowers says something that is um so important to remember i do have a cousin um rp deanna Bazemore. say her name she was also murdered a uh, murder murdered as a result of um domestic violence for somebody you know who was close to her close to our family um, but Rita says that it starts verbally. Like you got to oh, yeah. really pay That's attention right to, from the beginning the to people verbal. who just talk. You know, we That's that gangster it. that we think is cute yes. sometimes. Yes. People, you know, handling us rough, yes. and sometimes mm-hmm. that gangster is a little bit more than what we're working for. Go ahead. That is so yes, true. I, I, I touch on that too. A lot of times in relationships, it shows up in emotional. Like, yes. So Yes. And then, then they use those to tie you down, and then you get sometimes financially abused by being stuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they like the next. That's when mm-hmm. the physicality starts. Yes. They, they think they got you cornered now because it's it all starts with control. Um, mm-hmm. So they get you in those positions for the power. So mm-hmm. the levels start getting higher. How they speak, how they behave, and then ultimately those parts. Yes. And another thing that I would like to touch on because we have talked about. Uh, male and female. And I think the problem when men are in domestic violence situations is that people find it for some reason toxically comedic. When a man is afraid of his woman or mm-hmm. what, what have you. A lot of times somebody knows that there was any domestic or abuse incident, the person's been killed. 
because yes. been, you know, it just sounds socially, you know, that's something we have to work past when somebody, when, when men talk about being afraid of their women, not to laugh at it and to figure that's out why. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We, I think, have this archaic thought that because men are men, they can handle that. Yes. But I think sometimes women can be the most vicious and susceptible. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's a lot of men uh, face domestic violence as well. Yes, that's so Especially true. Especially with younger, with younger yes. girls. Yes. Um, you know, like I say all the time, I tell my kids who have not always listened to me, keep your hands to yourself. You yes. know, keep your hands up to these people's sons. That's what I tell them. Yes. Um, and I just wonder how many moms actually sit down and tell their daughters that you you always most of them anyway are teaching their sons. Um, you know we don't you don't hit women. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm being you know honest and real, it's gotten so bad out there where you can't allow these young men to sit there and just let these women like they are really hurting. They really hurting them yes. while they're sitting there with this mindset of well I don't hit, hit a, I can't hit a woman. That's so that's true. not like that's not okay. It's not. It's not. I, I believe that there's a lot of guys that are, because I mean, I know someone that experienced it. Um, and they're so they're embarrassed to mm-hmm. tell anyone. So they don't ever say anything. They just minimize it. And I think that's what, what goes on in society so much is that people minimize the actions of others yes. until it's out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, now it's yes. out of hand. What can we do? I mean, I tell my sons and I've told their their partners, yes. you know, their girlfriend or their wife, if my son ever lift his hand on you, don't mm-hmm. don't just call me. That's um, right. Call me at any point in time. I am a parent and I love my children. But the truth of the matter is right is right. Wrong mm-hmm. is wrong. And I don't believe in my a man or woman putting their hands on anybody and I mean, it's not your child. You, you can't discipline them. You can't raise That's them. That's right. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of guys that are suffering that mm-hmm. will not admit it, will not say, hey, this is what's going on because they're like, like he said, I'm a mm-hmm. guy. This is a guy. And you know, it's things like, you know, throwing things at him, like, you know, mm-hmm. bottles yes. at him and, you know, just cut, attacking cut your tires. Cut, like, yeah. All type of things. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Period. In any relationship. People, there was a show I was watching, and it was literally they kind of, uh, what do you call it? What's the little camera? GoPro. Mm-hmm. Like, like a little spy camera. Oh. And they would, they, would, they would have these domestic violence disputes out in the street just to see how the public reacted. And everyone found the same sex interaction to be funny, even though it was quite serious. Uh-huh. And then also when the women, the woman was attacking the man, but the only time anybody reacted was when there was a woman. You know, a man attacking, attacking the woman. And oh. that's the thing, like in public, if you see something happen in public and I'll never forget it was a it was a man, it, it was on T it was on video or something. And it was um this lady came into the guy was in the Dollar General or something. And this lady and she came and she was attacking this guy, attacking this guy. Nobody did anything to try to intervene to stop this lady from attacking the guy. But she continued to beat on him. And when he had had enough and tried to put her down, not fight her, and but put her down, mm-hmm. then they came and intervened. Oh, to wow. get, and I thought, 
What am I missing? Wrong is wrong. And, and like he said, there's a lot of same sex because you're thinking y'all on the same level. So mm-hmm. I've seen it. And it's like, what in the world can 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 we make a thing of keeping our hands to ourselves? There was now this wasn't, you know, a domestic violence um dispute, but it was something that happened in school. We talked about it, I think the last time we were here. Um, it was a girl who kept attacking this guy at school. And he kept telling us, you know, stop, girl, stop, yes. stop. And she would not stop. And so finally, when he had got enough, he kind of picked her up and slammed her down on the ground. And then, you know, you got these people making these comments like, mm-hmm. oh, come on, why would you do that? That's the girl. What? That's right. She was hitting him like a real, Abuse. like she was a man. Yes. Like she was really trying to fight him. Yes. That, that is not okay. And it's, it's against the law to hit someone, you know. Cause harm to someone, so people don't really care about the law. No, you're right about that. Like, they just don't, like it's you're almost right. a badge of honor to go to jail now. I, you know, I go to jail. I don't care. People don't really care. I don't they know don't. If, if the bond is, is too low or what? you know what, but they don't really. They they'll say it in a minute. Um, I don't know if it's because maybe a lot of people, you know, uh, is increasing in small businesses or, or you know, but I don't know. That's but that, true. I like I, I I can't be out here just willy nilly fighting people, and it's definitely it's it's not cute, it's it's not attractive. No, um, it's it's not right. I don't, and then that's like the other it. thing that comes to mind is we do so much in front of our children, yes. and then our children are seeing us, and they're continuing the cycle instead of stopping or ending the cycle they're continuing the cycle because they see us doing these things in front of them and i'm like i don't think it's us that they see no more Mm -hmm. it's a learn it's it's a learned behavior yeah this social media yeah i agree media and and tiktok like i even as a parent and as a psychiatric provider have kind of blown it off you know blew it off when the government and these you know lobbyists we're talking about um, social media and what it was doing to these children. And, but it took for my daughter, for my teenage That's daughter, right. to come and tell me, well, my, you know, they make it look so fun. Oh, you know? Yeah. And then I started learning about algorithms and mm. everything, you know? And so if you watch one fight, they're going to send you three mm-hmm. fights. This is yes. true. You this know? And so true. they just keep watching yes. it over and over and over. And it, it, it it's just been. They see it as entertainment. And, that, and they're going to. Mm-hmm. The other thing that drives me slap crazy yes. is when you see something like that, it's one mm. thing that you don't intervene. It's like um, somebody was telling me about they heard the neighbor. And the, the neighbor was being abused by um, a guy. Yes. And I was like, why didn't you call the police? Yes. She said, I did call the police. But the police did not come hmm. until like, I don't know how much later. And a day or two after wow. they were back together. Oh, yes. And that, then that's, you know, that's that why they it. take everybody to jail now. Mm-hmm. You know, that first night. They're going somebody yes, if you somebody got a mark going. on you somewhere, what they call it, cool off 24 hour cool off yeah. here mm-hmm. or something like that. So, for 24 hours, somebody is going to jail yes. if there's any kind of mark that's left there. And I believe when they keep coming back, 
everybody mm-hmm. is going to jail. Take, they take both of them now. No. That's what I'm saying. Well, not that first night. I don't think they take both of them. Oh, I don't know. I don't think automatically, but yeah. it could be right. Mm-hmm. But I know um, somebody going. If it keeps happening, yeah, they start taking everybody to jail. <laughs> and why shouldn't they? You know, because you still keep going back. But, and but then where they gonna go? No, you know, that's your thing. That's where you I live. Think where you also go? I know that sometimes it depends on your area your area how things are handled because i'll never forget that um my ex-husband was an abuser and the one time like anytime he ever laid a finger on me i never ever called the police i felt like until you're done don't get the police involved in your 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 business Mm -hmm. so the one time he touched my forehead i was done so i was like okay i'm calling the police they didn't know what he did but when i called the police the police got there. And I felt like because it was a rural area, mm-hmm. the police said, um, he said, but y'all, y'all, y'all look like a good couple. Y'all sure y'all don't want to oh. talk it out. And <laughs> I thought, you got to be kidding me. The first time I called the police, like he didn't know me personally. I knew of his family and he, he may have seen me before, but when he tried to talk to me about not filing or doing it, I you got a big kid. But this was a this was in Fairhope. Yeah. That's why I said it was a rural area. Yes. And maybe you you know how people you think you know somebody. <laughs> I was outdone. Like I finally called the police and you're gonna try to tell me what? Okay, but let's not talk about the police though. Oh, you no. Know? <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean that. Let's talk about our elders. Yes. All right, let's get into that. And how for years it yes. was kind of, you know. You you don't get into family squabbles. Yes. It stays in the house. And yes. so that's why like I thought so it true. had gotten better until recently, as far as if you're out in public and the man is jumping on the women and, and, and people, you know, got other guys at least, you know, jumping in to break it up or whatever. Until like recently when that girl um was somebody asked her for her telephone number. Yeah. And she gave him either gave her the wrong number or wouldn't give the number. And did he throw did he pick up a brick? He picked up a brick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. threw at this girl. And she said that at, like there were people standing around and nobody did anything yeah. to this. But guy. see that's that's what he said about mm-hmm. it, it does not make sense. It's like it's so hard to get people like the the he was talking about the camera, how people get into quarrels and people see it and they just keep on going like just, nothing's going on. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying intervene, but people I feel will like turn on you for jumping it. on their husband. Yeah, I, they I now you say that's right. the reason why I say that's yes. why I say you know if you call the police I'm a, now, now I'm gonna call the police I'm not gonna stay there and try to intervene and get my two cent no I'll call the police and keep it moving it's up to the police to do it do something from there but I want to do my part because I'll never forget the one time I was I was I never forget it when I December 25th 1990 in my first Christmas in Foley. This guy I was dating jumped on me. When I say jumped wow. on me, he blackened my eyes and my eyes were swollen to where I couldn't see. I remember I didn't have a cell telephone because I hadn't been in the apartment, uh, but to December 1st was when mm-hmm. I moved in. And I remember this guy jumping on me 
and I'm screaming and yelling, somebody call the police. Because again, I just I just came to Alabama in, in July of 90, and this guy doing this to me on December 25th, 1990, and I'm blown like, somebody call the police. Yes. I'm screaming, I'm doing all of this. Nobody did anything. Now, I could say, well, nobody heard me, right? I could say that. Maybe they were gone. Maybe they were asleep. A few days later, this lady who lived next door to me that I didn't know her personally knocked on my door and brought me a tin of cookies. Mm. You the same person that lived next door. Why, 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 why nobody, nobody called the police? And I didn't have, wow. a, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a house phone. You think that was a way of checking to make sure you were okay when she okay. brought you the cookies? How many days? Uh-huh. But look how many days <laughs> later, though. This was like days late. It was so that night. Had, when, had you been out the house though? No, okay, so that night that this happened, the, the December twenty fifth, he jumped on me, and after he jumped on me, I just stopped. You know, like you stop. You don't. You do like a bear. Like they say, if you see you being attacked by a bear, just, just stop. Don't don't try to fight back. So he fell asleep drunk. Is that what you're supposed to do? It it works. It, it, it works in some cases because some people, if you fight back, it's more, more ammunition. Like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, so you think you bad. So it's it, it, depends it depends on the person. It really depends on the person. And so he fell asleep drunk, and I waited and I watched, and I knew that I couldn't mm-hmm. see. I didn't have any family here. Mm-hmm. So I got his keys. Mm-hmm. It was misting rain, pitch black outside. One eye is completely closed. The other eye is barely open. Now, this is the crazy part. Like, I dr- get his truck, drive myself to the hospital, going like 20 miles an hour because I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Get to the hospital. They said because of the nature of the whatever it is, we have to call the police. Yes. yes. They called the police. The police come. And this is what I said. Again, I have nothing. I have nobody. No family in town. I was leaving the club. Oh. Somebody put a rag or ba- a bag over my head. Mm-hmm. And it was some girls start beating me. Now let me ask you. I had nothing and nobody. Do that? Yes. So, so did you do that to protect yourself, or did you do that to protect him? I did it because I didn't know what I was going to do. So, So in a way, it was a way to protect yourself from being homeless and out there on the streets. And I moved into my apartment December the first on a Friday, and on Sunday, the job told me you're laid off. Two days later, you're laid off. So here I am making it to December 25th, not having any idea what I'm going to do to survive. And even though this guy has beat me, I really don't know what I'm going to do because Mm -hmm. I'm in Alabama by myself. All family is in another state. So what prevents you from just getting in your car and going back to Arkansas? I had nothing. Like literally, I came to Alabama with a baby with a heart monitor. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I didn't have a car. I didn't have money. In fact, I, I didn't have any money. I spent $75 on a bus ticket that cost $75 one way. I had nothing. So I didn't know, you know, it was it was. It was oh, I crazy. get it, but I just want people out there who 
are the ones, you know, so quick to holler. Who may be. Or or that, or, you know, sometimes instead of trying to figure out, you know, how we can help or what we can do, we're just sitting back saying, you know, she crazy. Girl, she's stupid. Girl, what, you oh, know, why she, me. Yeah, it wouldn't me. be me. I would have been gone. You know, but everybody didn't even have the the resources to be. It's, it just, it, it sounds easier than... Then it sometimes is. There are people, like you said, who stay in these domestic violence relationships for years and years and years. How old was your child when you left? Like, did she witness any of it? You're talking about when I left my the, the that, husband, the ex-husband? Mm-hmm. She was, what, 11 months? Okay. So, because mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of times when I see patients who, um, when I ask them the question, um, have you ever been the victim of domestic violence and the answer that i will get was well not me but i watched my dad yeah you know and so i'm telling you that yes. it it weighs heavy you know and plays a, a strong role in in their mental health and yes. you know how they view relationships mm-hmm. and having ptsd um being fearful and on edge all the time as well when you grow when you grow up in a relationship where there is domestic violence and so a lot of times and i'm saying that for those those moms you know who are there that are just staying lashonda tillman said she stayed in a relationship for 14 for 14 years and so you know i'm saying this because of those of you who are still there yes um for the children Yes, because do you know how many that's people how use that so as long. an excuse? That, that's how I felt. I stayed that long yeah. because yeah. I'm like, I got three children. I don't want to start over. I don't know what to do. What I'm gonna do? Let me let me hope he's gonna change. Yes, yeah. I haven't asked a question. I haven't asked a child or adult now the question yet. If you could have gone back then and told your mama, "Mom, let's stay or let's go," I haven't had one yet that said I would have rather stayed. Mm-mm. Not one. Every one of them would rather their mom had taken them yes. and did what she needed to do to get out of that environment. Kids love their mamas. They do. Right? They don't like seeing their mamas or their dads. You know, um, number one, they don't like to see you fighting, period. No. It is so, so hard to stay in the home when you're watching people. And, you know, Speaking from somebody who, you know, there wasn't a lot of fighting in my home, but there was sure a lot of a lot of arguing, you know, a lot yes. of throwing things in and and busting holes in walls and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, while you know, my my youngest children may not may not remember it, my oldest daughter, Shamaya, will um give you vivid recounts of some things that even I yes. even I have forgotten. So please don't think. That they're not watching. They are watching. Please don't think that they don't remember and that doesn't that it doesn't affect them. Uh, so if you you resources like 1-800-799-SAFE, you know, mm-hmm. and then just find you gotta be able, everybody gotta have somebody that you it's eight o'clock. Everybody gotta have somebody that you can trust. Yes, yes, that you Tell can talk somebody. to. We gotta get out of that mentality of you don't need nobody. Yes. Okay. There is help available. There, there is help available. However, you cannot expect somebody, no matter how much they know you, to just look at you and be able to tell that something is wrong when you are actually trying your best to hide it. So how are you trying to hide it and still expecting me to know 
that is going on. Yes. Right? So any numbers you want to plug out there or websites or anything? Well, Penelope House, I'm sorry I don't have the number, but you can look Penelope House up and it's a 24-7 number and they are there to help. Like they said, you can come as you are. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have anything. Just dial the number and they will send help for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Devonna Tinsley. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Devonna Tinsley. Instagram, Devonna Tinsley. Also YouTube, Devonna Tinsley. And I'll be glad to um, direct you and um, direct you to some help. Tell them your baby's name. My baby name is Tatori Richardson. Please say her name. And please remember her story. If you're in counting, in counting um, domestic violence, or if you know someone that's in a domestic violence relationship, please make a way of escape. It's it's for your good. I know my daughter never thought that July the 4th, 2014 would have been her last day. And she did not want to leave her kids. I know she didn't. But I'm advising you to please get help. It's very important. Devonna Tinsley, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show oh, today. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Any numbers or websites you want to plug in there? Well, the, the number to the 800 number um, is the only number that I would give. Yes. And that's because you're able to call. A lot of times, sometimes people call just to have somebody to talk to. Yes. Until they're ready to get out. So you want to have, you know, uh, someone to talk to, yes. to kind of give give you the help to um, to getting out versus, you know, you thinking that you have no one to talk to. Yes. So you would dial 1-800-799-7233 is the actual number, um, but it's 1-800-799-SAFE. Yes. Teresa Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> all right thank, thank y'all yes. so much somebody actually put the domestic miss valenza crompton thank you for putting that domestic violence hotline thank, thank you everybody you. tonight for joining us on journey with trish the podcast thank you to kareem over there for being in the building yes. DJ Tech for making yes. it happen yes man i'm telling y'all i miss y'all so much i'll be back next week please awesome. join us next tuesday night at 7 p.m when we will have miss hope matriarch owens in the building awesome. um the right the name of her book is becoming hope I, she she stopped by she reached out to me okay. um because this is what you know shout out to y'all for making it for yes. making it happen she reached out to me on facebook and told me she had written a book and she wanted to know if i would read the book and so she met me up here in the parking lot brought me the book and i held on to it for a minute when i got on a plane to go to jamaica i was like oh I got this book. Yes. And I was like, all right, well, I'll read a chapter or two. Finished it before I got off the plane. It was excellent. Wow, so she will awesome. be here next week and we'll talk some more about um domestic violence, uh, child molestation. It's gonna be, it's gonna also be a pretty hard, tough episode, but we're gonna tackle it. Yes. All right. So thank y'all for coming out, and I will see you next Tuesday. As always, we're gonna end with the word of prayer. Don't forget tomorrow if you want to listen. Instead of watch, we will be on Google Podcasts and uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all your listening apps. Just type it in, Journey with Trista Podcast, and come on and watch it tomorrow at about 5 o'clock p.m. or after, even on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at Miss Eha. 
when you see me in this cute little white shirt talking, <laughs> saying, hey, come join the podcast, look at the bottom, click the link, it will take you straight. We're trying to make it happen. I'm trying to make yes. it easy, accessible, so um, y'all can watch, all right? So thank y'all so much. And remember, you got to find your purpose because a shining light that no one can see serves the world absolutely no purpose. All right, y'all ready? Let's pray yes. us on out of here. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank God, we you, thank Lord. you for bringing us here together tonight. God, we just want to ask that as you are already there in the midst of everything that is going on, God, we ask that you would be a fence. God, we ask that you would send healing. But number one, God, we ask that you would send deliverance from every domestic violence situation yes. that is going on um, in our community and in communities across the world. God, we know you to be a faithful healer. And we thank you and we praise you for your grace and for your mercy and for doing all things for us just because we ask. God, you said you promised us. God, you promised us life. You yes. promised us hope. You promised us a good future. You promised us good health. And we are thanking and we are praising you for that tonight. God, everybody sitting next to me, Devana, Teresa, Kareem, and Tech, we speak more money, more power, yes. more blessings in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Yes. Good night, good night, good night. Good night. Oh, that was awesome.